If over the next few weeks you come by the office, you probably won't find me because I'll be watching the World Cup. I love soccer. Of all of my sporting passions, it is my first, deepest, and greatest love. I grew up playing it in St. Louis. I just love soccer. And the World Cup for me is like the end-all and be-all. You get to see countries that really have no business playing each other, playing competitively. And yesterday, Iceland played Argentina to a draw. That's, that's ridiculous, right? Well, that's the beauty of the World Cup. Anything can happen. The other thing that's beautiful about the World Cup, for me at least, is that Americans are terrible at soccer. Why is that? Why, as one of, in terms of population, one of the largest countries on earth with a growing passion for the sport, are we so bad at soccer? And the reason is this. If you watch the World Cup and if you do any background into all the players, where did they start? Did they start on some travel club team? Did they start in some huge club? No. They started their soccer careers in the barrio, in the fields with a ball, sometimes not even an actual ball, but one that they make. And they learn to just have fun, to be creative, to play the game. What started off as something simple, a simple love, a simple passion, a simple desire to have fun with friends, has blossomed for these extraordinarily talented and gifted professional athletes into something marvelous and wonderful to behold. Everything in life starts with something small and can become something great. Everything that is great started with something simple, something in some cases seemingly insignificant. In the natural order of things, we need look no further than our own very existence. You were imperceptible for the first few weeks of your life to your very mother. God alone knew you those first few weeks that you were in your mother's womb. But look at you now. You've grown into something hopefully greater, something wonderful, something marvelous. But there was a progress that got you here. You didn't jump out of the womb at the age that you are now, with the maturity, with the understanding. You have grown along the way from something simple, something very basic, and frankly something that many in society think can be thrown away into the image and beautiful likeness of God that you are. We also see this in relationships, and in particular, and you know, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there, we see this in parenthood. I'm going to mention fathers today because it is Father's Day and because I've just been marveling at my friends and my brother and brother-in-law as they become fathers in these last few years. Every one of them has loved their children with the wholeness and fullness of their heart. Every single one of them has had absolutely no idea what they are doing when they become a father and has been in just complete fear because all of a sudden here's this new life. Here's this thing that you're responsible for. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, and you have no experience. And the old adage is, you know, the teenager in angst will say to his father, you know, you came out of your mother's womb with a briefcase and a suit on. You came out as a 50-year-old man. But the reality is, is that the father of the teenager is probably just as insecure, probably just as new to this as he was when the child was born. But he's simply grown more comfortable with being insecure. He's progressed from the absolute fear and fright of that first night at home to being comfortable with 
the openness, the challenge, the beauty of caring for this life. There's a progress along the way. And in the incarnation, Jesus ties the supernatural order to the natural order. In other words, our progress in the moral and spiritual life is not one where all of a sudden we walk into church and everything is healed and fixed, but one of progress. One where we start with something simple and move on to something great. Jesus himself came into this world in the shadows, in the background. His conception was announced to his mother in a small podunk little village in Israel. He was born in a stable, and yet he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And then he spent 30 years in silence, 30 years working, praying, listening, and then three years preaching and teaching, then three hours redeeming. Even the Lord shows us that from the moment of our birth, even if we are as he is, the King of kings and Lord of lords, there's a process, there's a path. And we get this great image today of the mustard seed, but I want to look at the first image that Jesus gives us, because it helps us see this, right? He gives us that of the wheat being planted, the seed being planted and growing into something that bears fruit. Because in our moral, in our supernatural, in our spiritual lives, sometimes we can beat ourselves up and beat ourselves down because we're not like that holy person who sits next to us every Sunday. We're not like Mother Teresa or St. John Paul II or these great saints that we've seen in our culture, and therefore we're no good. Or we we, we see it and we just desire nothing else to, to, to be that person, and we miss what's going on, the opportunities we have to be great in the simple and every day. And St. Paul reminds us in that first reading where we start, where the seed is. We walk by faith, not by sight. The start of our supernatural life, the gift of love of God, the gift of faith, is a gift. So even from the very beginning, we are walking in the blessedness and giftedness that God walks and gives to us and offers us. He invites us into this wonderful life with something simple, faith. And he desires for it to blossom into something that will change the world. But again, it's always and oftentimes, unless you came into the church as an adult, most of us don't remember the most important moment of our life, our baptism, when we were given this gift of faith, when we were given new life in Christ. And so we have to at some point recognize that this gift of faith left to itself cannot do much, if anything. It has to be planted. And this is when we plant our seed of faith We make that choice to say, yes, I love you, God, but I cannot do this on my own. We plant it in the church. We plant it in this community. We plant it in relationship to God with and through our brothers and sisters. And then all of a sudden we see this beautiful blade emerge. But this blade, even though we don't know exactly how it gets from seed to blade, it comes about because we make the choice with grace to pray to avail ourselves of the sacrament, to develop virtue, to develop good, simple habits that simply dispose us to the good. 
But again, that initial foray, that initial blade of grass is weak. It can wither. It is susceptible to everything around it. But if we continue in the church, if we continue in those practices, we can grow into that plant that can withstand. That plant that is strong and rooted, that can take the wind, that can take the rain and still flourish. And this is our joyful following after God. When we recognize that those little practices, those little things that have helped us blossom, helped us bloom, when they become my way of life, my way of being, they lead to peace and joy that I never knew before. But here's the thing. As wonderful as this is, as wonderful as this progress is, we're all put on this earth to be fruitful. In the gospel, the first image of the grain of wheat, it is at its best when it blossoms into that flower which feeds others. The second image of the mustard seed, it is at its greatest when it offers shade. We are sent, and our progress is to not just hold those things for ourselves, not just to become holy for holiness' sake, but to invite other people into that, to feed them, to provide them shade. But it all starts with that simple seed of faith. It all starts with that yes that you make today to live for God, to take the gifts that He has given you, to plant them in the rich soil of His church, His sacraments, prayers, scripture, virtue, and even though we know not how, to watch it flourish, to become what you were made to be, the great saint, the world changer. It all starts with a little seed. Through your baptism, you all have it. What will you do with this simple gift, this gift beyond measure?